Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. order to the amazing person listening to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. I am flicking in a very quick trigger warning just to let you know that we do discuss themes surrounding mental illness, mental health in general and bipolar specifically. So um, feel free to skip this one if that might be triggering for you. Otherwise, I really hope you enjoy this episode and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I am welcoming Katie Rickson on the pod. Katie actually reached out to me after a recent um, money masterclass I participated in and was just so honest with her journey surrounding mental health and money and I think it's, I was just saying to you actually, I think it's so important to tell the story and I really wanted to thank you again Katie for offering your time to do so. So how are you today? Yeah I'm I'm good thank you. Yeah thanks so much for having me on. It's really lovely to be here. Oh no, no worries at all. Like I said, appreciate you willing to share through email and before we sort of got on this podcast, we spoke a little bit about how you've been diagnosed with bipolar, but didn't actually receive that diagnosis until much later after your first sort of serious episode and maybe when you started getting into a bit of debt. Could you tell us a little bit about that and how your relationship with money was affected by this initially when you sort of started um, noticing that it was getting you into a bit of debt? I went through a really long period of depression where I didn't really um I don't think I spent a lot of money I really was kind of hibernating and then after this long depression I started going up and I thought oh I'm better I'm I'm happy now things are good so after I came out of the depression I started um buying a lot of things I would go out partying every weekend I would buy lots of new clothes I would um treat my friends to a lot of things um but I didn't realize that it was a symptom of unwellness it was just it felt good at the time so I just carried on on doing it and because I'd been in that depression for so long it was it was kind of a relief to feel this real kind of euphoric elated feeling what were the first things that kind of made you think okay maybe this euphoric feeling isn't that great or is affecting me in a negative way how did you sort of come to that realization or was it other people that were sharing their concerns when I started getting into quite um bad debt I maxed out my credit card and and um had an overdraft and I remember one time I went down to uh I just decided to drive down to the South Island by myself and uh, I'd spend all my money at that stage. I had to ring a friend up to say I need some money to get some petrol to get back up to to Auckland. I remember some family saying, well, I thought you were good with money. What's going on? And I think they noticed that I was taking more risks. But it wasn't until another maybe eight years later from that, seven, eight years later, that I got diagnosed with bipolar. So that whole experience, I just thought it was me being reckless or... Mm or coming out of the depression, I didn't really have the kind of language to put it down to bipolar. I suppose it probably wasn't something you were necessarily worried about either because, of course, it seems like as you would come out of something so dark and to kind of then have the freedom to feel like you can be happy again and spend and that kind of thing, you were 
I suppose just trying to live in that moment as it was and not think too deeply about anything potentially being wrong or yeah and it was very much in the moment and saying yes to everything and signing up to everything I signed up to run a marathon and I don't really like running and I just (laughs) (laughs) say yes to all of these opportunities because it was it was such a kind of relief from from the insomnia and the panic attacks and all of the other experiences that come with depression Mm. absolutely and like I guess before all of that was your relationship with money something that you were conscious of or cared about or put any consideration into or or was it something that you weren't as I guess like concerned with or focused on because I suppose you had bigger issues to deal with yeah I was reflecting on this and I used to I used to be and I what and I am a a good saver so if there was a, a something a goal that I was working towards like when I was younger I saved up to go to Thailand live in Thailand for four months so saving up for the flights and the accommodation and all the expenses for those four months and I had to save up 10 grand to get a working holiday visa to move over to New Zealand so Mm. um, I was good at saving when I had those goals in mind but um, once I arrived in New Zealand I remember I went on quite a splurge so I noticed even then that money was starting to burn a hole in my pocket like if I had it I'd want to spend it so it's definitely that kind of save mentality and then when you're not saving for that anymore it's I want to spend it it's there for sure yeah I think that's that can be quite a common thing generally as well where it's like if you don't necessarily have a goal or a target and you're left free to do whatever you often just like oh well you know there's nothing important I need to be caring but I need to do with my money so why would I bother caring about it Mm. I remember um, that I would spend like $150 a month on a phone bill. I'd, I'd be calling people back in the UK and I guess I didn't really appreciate the value of it at mm. that time. Yeah, so even before I, I went into mania, I was I was still kind of quite splurgy with my money. Yeah, and so what effect did that have on you besides the practical consequences of debt being, you know, you don't have as much money or those sort of consequences. Did you start believing that you couldn't manage your own money or developing, I guess, more negative beliefs around your ability to save and things like that? Yeah. Um, There was a lot of, after I'd kind of come out of the main year and it was better managed, there was a lot of kind of shame around that. Um, The how I managed to spend so much money in such a kind of short space of time. And it's so, it was so easy and fast to get into debt, but it took me quite, quite a few years to, to get out of it. So, Mm. and so you start to kind of question your ability to, to be with money and, um, to save again. Yeah. It's, it's a shame when it comes to debt because it's like you said, just so easy to get into it. Like it really takes pretty much nothing to get yourself into debt, whether that's, you know, credit card loan or just afterpay or something like that. It's really not hard at all. And um, like you said, getting out of it is is the lengthy process. And often when you're in the moment, you don't think about those consequences. Like anyone struggles to think about those consequences. I've been reading a few books about bipolar and it talks about feeling and action. So you have a feeling this is going to be good and you go straight to the action. So there's Mm. no space for that rational thought to think, Mm. oh, you sure you want to do this? You just think, oh, it feels good, so I'm going to do it. And then 
um, worry about the consequences later. How did you begin to move forward from that point? Like what were your steps to remove that debt and kind of, you know, heal your relationship with spending, but I suppose yourself with yourself as well? I was officially diagnosed with bipolar five years ago after my daughter was born. That took so much time and thinking to get my head around. But after I'd kind of got over that, I was able to put those experiences in their place. I was able to say, well, well, this is why it happened, not because I'm reckless with money, not because I'm bad with money, but because this was a symptom of my illness. Mm. Um, so I was able to, I think once I started managing my bipolar and, and um, managing my lifestyle, the kind of money things fell more easily into place. Mm-hmm. And I was able to kind of create new new ways of being with money. I'm not earning as much money as I was back then. Um, I, I really appreciate the value of money a whole lot more. I think just because you have a big salary doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good with money. And I was always spending beyond my means. And now that I've got a family and now that I'm managing my bipolar, I think I've got a lot more to, to work for and to live for in terms of managing that money. It's not just mm. mine, it's the family's. And I'm really careful with with my budget. And I do still have splurges. I This week I've noticed I've been spending more than I normally would, but kind of recognising that and maybe seeing that as an early warning sign and saying, oh, well, what do I need? What is this spending telling me? Is, is there something else that's bothering me? Because... Um, yeah it's Mm. quite a lot attached to your mood and your emotions and I I track my spending and I I'm more mindful of my income as it comes in bipolar just rattles your world (laughs) completely Um, but uh, for me the diagnosis was really helpful and it helped me kind of um, yeah create a new mindset around money and maybe forgive myself for some of those things that Mm. I've done in the past from unwellness definitely allowed you to have a bit more compassion for mm. what you're actually going through and also kind of helps you to recognize the strength it takes to get yourself out of that situation and to develop good habits despite issues with your mental health and yeah it's pretty incredible I think so many people misunderstand exactly what you said around you know you could be earning 100k a year or 10k a year and if you can't manage it at the 10k you're definitely not going to be able to manage it at the 100k and I I think you're exactly right salary doesn't indicate how good um you'll end up being with money yeah and nobody teaches you how to when you're that salary how to kind of act around that salary you just Mm. (laughs) yeah um I just thought I've got so much money at my hands I can just keep on spending it but I'd have spent the salary before it hit my account and Mm. I'm sure as you or as you were sort of rebuilding that relationship with your spending there were a lot of challenges that would have come up and potential setbacks what were some of those challenges and how did you keep focus on what was important when we were getting a a mortgage for our our house and um, we got one of those revolving credit facilities and my husband was saying oh I think we should get that too to sign um just because of your bipolar and he's I think he said it better than that but um (laughs) initially it hurt me it was like oh he doesn't he doesn't trust me Mm. with money but it's been a really been a really good thing that it is true to sign yeah I think I've always wanted to be generous with money as well because I'm freelance I don't have a set amount each month so being really mindful of it um 
kind of each every dollar and making sure that I pay all my um, expenses and save what I want to save and taking a lot of kind of forgiveness and compassion to let go of of that what I was holding on to for quite some time. One thing we often talk about on the podcast is how for anyone to stick to your financial goals and to build consistent habits you really need to have a strong why behind the reason you're doing it and it always sounds airy fairy but you'll usually find that those who aren't the best with money who aren't struggling with their mental health um it tends to be because they don't have any real goal or reason to to actually do that and nothing that really motivates them to keep consistent in that. And I suppose for you, it seems like your family was a big part of that. Uh, allowing myself to, um, to spend money and not feel guilty about, about it and know that there are times when you're not going to spend that much and there'll be times when you spend a bit more. And I think I've got quite an addictive personality, so um, I, I would... I'd buy something and then be like, I'd get that high from buying something. Yeah. And I still sometimes do get that high. And I think, oh, well, I'm on the roll now. I'll keep going. Um, but kind of curbing that um, and trying to find that thought that comes in to say, hey, no, this is not what your goals are at the moment. And trying to find that stop button before it gets <laughs> out of hand. I definitely can relate to that in the sense that once I make one purchase (laughs) the floodgates are open to the rest of it and it can be quite overwhelming afterwards but during it you're just sort of like you're kind of not even thinking I think you it's almost like what you're talking about before you're coming back to that feeling of no this is like a good feeling and it's that dopamine hit each time you click the purchase button and yeah coming back to like you said what your goals are at the moment is just so important because it really does bring you back to that neutral spot otherwise you know you don't really have a reason to stop you could mm. just keep going or like why would it matter otherwise and having clear goals with my husband and saying well this is the budget that we want to ha- have on our credit card and um and and keeping to that has really helped me and another thing that I've done this year is I reward myself for every habit so I track my habits Awesome. Um, and then I give myself 50 cents and then I build up enough and I just call it my reward account and then I can just buy guilt free from from there and yeah that's really helped I think it's so important to reward yourself and to like show in some way that you're proud of yourself and I think it's such a good way to be able to do that without like you said just feeling no guilt if you could reflect on some of your biggest learnings surrounding money from this experience and I suppose you know just generally as well like what would some of your biggest learnings be? Yeah, I think money was just another thing back then. So um, I was drinking a whole lot more. I was I was taking a lot more risks and, and money wasn't just another thing that was in the equation that I, I was not managing well. Um, mm. But knowing that bipolar and overspending is so common, um, I think knowing yourself and knowing what you like with money and if something is out of the ordinary you are starting to buy things that you wouldn't normally or you're spending more than you you would normally um to kind of catch it before it becomes worse before it snowballs and so to really know what your baseline is with spending 
Um, and, and to know that money is allowed to be frivolous, you're allowed to enjoy it as well. Um, Definitely. But I think I get a lot of satisfaction from seeing my savings grow and contributing to my family and, like you say, having that really strong why. Whereas when I was single, it was like, oh, it's just me. I'm only hurting me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it, it was a form of self-sabotage and self-harm in a way, um, but you don't see it like that because you're coming out of depression, so you think that it's just you're just on a good vibe or whatever. Um, so knowing that mental illness is not just low mood and anxiety, you can also be feeling invincible or on top of the world um, and to re- maybe raise a bit of awareness about what bipolar looks like and and to acknowledge that overspending or, or doing things outside of your normal behaviour is, is a common experience from bipolar and it's not your fault. Um, you, didn't, you didn't decide to um, become manic. It's, um, it's very much what your brain is, your brain chemistry is, so you can recover from it. It is a... It's a um, lifelong illness. It's not. It can't be cured. Um, so I have to work on it every day and be mindful of it every day. Um, but trying not to let that kind of stop me or define me. It takes having a big support network. You're incredible. Oh, that's thank it. you. <laughs> Seriously, that's um, really cool. And I appreciate your complete honesty because I think it's so important for other people who might be going through a similar thing to feel like, or well, one, they know they're not alone, but also they know that the possibility to manage it is 100% there um, and you're proof of that. And it, it's, it's really inspiring. So thank you. And for other people who might find themselves in debt quite easily um, for whatever reason personal to them, what would your biggest words of encouragement be? That debt doesn't define you. Uh, it is so easy to get into debt. Um, so the first thing you have to do is, I guess, forgive yourself, acknowledge that it's a problem and that you want to get out of it. And there's um, there's a lot of support out there to help people get out of debt. You don't have to you don't have to go go it alone to recognize that it's something that you want to change. Um, but yeah, don't be ashamed about it because. Um, it is such a common experience and we're advertised to all the time and there's so many messages to spend and I don't see it as a character flaw or anything like that. I think we tie our our self-esteem so much to how we manage money, how we how we are with money, but it there is a way there is a way out of that debt. Now when it comes to money, like what are some I guess boundaries or some practical things you put in place to ensure that you do manage your spending. Like I said before, having a, a limit on what we're going to put on the credit card each month. Um, that's how we manage our cash flow and it works quite well for us. Um, having a budget, um, that's that's flexible enough. So if I don't earn as much as I anticipate or if I earn more, it's a, a budget that flexes um, with my income. Putting aside money for your savings before you spend and, yeah, having that clear, very clear why. Yeah, trying not to spend so much uh, online because it's so so easy mm. all the credit card details are saved so it just exactly um, scary eh? yeah and knowing that there's there's a week <laughs> there's a week during the month where I'm I feel more inclined to spend um, so trying to maybe buy a couple of things that are useful during that time but 
not go too mm. too overboard. There's some really uh, helpful common themes in that as well that anyone could take away. I think it's incredibly useful. And so now, how would you describe your relationship with money? Do you feel like it's a lot more positive and you feel comfortable to both talk about it and manage it? Yeah, it's um, still very much a work in progress. Um, mm. It's something that I've... I spoke to my counsellor before about how I used to be so uncomfortable talking about money. Um, You shared that statistic about how women are more comfortable talking about death than money, Mm. and I was definitely um, that even beginning of this year. So it's been something I've had to really work on. Um, It would be really triggering for me, just maybe coming to a more kind of neutral stance on money. Mm. Um, that it's a tool and it's an enabler not giving it as much emotional baggage as mm. um as I used to so um it's something that I've been working on and um trying to actively change my mindset around it and for it not to be so um so triggering yeah I like I like how you know you're now approaching it or it's more of a neutral thing as opposed to necessarily negative. It's just, it's enabler. It doesn't need to be given this kind of, I don't know, you, you put a lot of stress on yourself to both deal with and talk about money and it can just be a neutral kind of asset in your life, which is so important. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, Katie. This story is so valuable and important to share. Um, and yeah, really just grateful for your honesty and transparency. It means heaps. Thank you, Sarah. I really um, really appreciate being here. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one.